Welcome to 501 Crossroads. This is the show where we're looking at the places where the mission and people meet. We're all out there working for the same outcomes. I'm Marjorie Moore. Uh, I've been your host for the last four episodes, but and uh, I'm actually an executive director of a nonprofit here in St. Louis, Missouri, um, a reading service for the blind. And I'm really excited today because today, for the first time, we have a co-host. Yay! <laughs> so I want to reintroduce you to Natalie Jablonski, who was our very first guest. And we had such a good time together that we decided that this needed to be something we did together. So welcome, Natalie, our nonprofit ninja. Thank you so much. Yes, Natalie Jablonski. I specialize in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. So excited to be a part of this program. I am so happy to have you here. I, you know, it's one of those things like, like you take on a project like this, and I, I think a lot of people out there will know, you know, you take on a project and it's like, oh, crap, what did I undertake? So I'm really, <laughs> I'm really glad to have somebody to help share the load and help bounce ideas off of. And I think, you know, we, I think our listeners are in for a real treat over the next couple episodes. We've got some really fun things planned. So I think it's going to be cool. wonderful for not just the nonprofit sector, but all of those people out there who are supporting nonprofits yes. because there's so many topics. So having two hosts together means not only double the fun, which is yeah. great for our readers, <laughs> but double the research, double the knowledge. And we'll continue yes. to have guests on our show. But today we've got a great topic coming up. We do. We're going to be defining what it is to be networking. How many times do you get that opportunity where someone says, hey, we're going to come to this great networking event. You need to do more networking. You need to be involved no more networking. And if you're an extrovert out there like me, you're thinking this is fantastic. Marjorie, what do you think? Well, I, I'm a bit of an introvert. I, I um, When it's free for all networking, like a business after hours or some such thing that doesn't have an agenda, it's just go in and network. Uh, my heart starts racing and I get really sweaty palms and I get a lot of anxiousness <laughs> and I don't know what I'm going to say to people. And um, it sounds like the worst thing in the world to me. Now, structured networking where we're going to sit down, we're going to really get to know each other and we're going to heck even play some icebreaker games. I'm all right with that. <laughs> See, and, and as an extrovert, I'm, I want the freedom to be able to go and yeah. do what I want to do. So, so let's talk about it. So networking for nonprofits. Why is networking so important in this day and age? What What is this thing where everybody's calling networking? Working and, yeah. and how do you know if you're doing it? It's And it is so important because if you look at it, all of your new donors, your new clients, your new volunteers, community supporters are going to come from networking. Yeah. Um, you can't just live in your own little bubble anymore. You, I mean, you can't even just rely on social networking. You People trust people they know. Absolutely. And people look to get help from and to support the people that they know. So that's why I think it is so important to actually get out there and get out of your shell and that's why I occasionally force myself to do these things because <laughs> I know what an impact it has on my organization and my career, frankly. You know, it's, it's, it's both. It's not, and it's not just about your organization sometimes. It's about who, who do you know in that community that can help you get to that next level, which is really important. Well, you make a great point because I think people overcomplicate networking. If you think about it on a personal level, we're doing networking every day, personally, whether it is talking to people at a dry cleaner, talking to your babysitter or your daycare provider or talking to your, your teachers at your kid's school, whatever it might be, all you're doing is building relationships. So when we're talking about networking for nonprofits, we're capitalizing on those relationships by building professional relationships. So a lot of what you do in your personal life can really apply to those of us who are networking in a nonprofit organization to build those professional relationships. Exactly. I, I was actually, I surprised myself and did some kind of informal networking today. I had lunch with somebody that a board member asked me to have lunch with because that person needed help. But 
you know, I thought, well, we can we can spend some time doing this and building that new relationship. You, you never know what's going to come out of those things. And I think that's that's what makes, you know, jumping into a pile of people almost rewarding. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for doing so as, as our as our local introvert here. So let's that's a great place to start. So let's talk about some of those obstacles that make us want to run and hide. You know, why does networking seem so complicated? And you mentioned right off the bat that, you know, I got out of my shell. I mm-hmm. being an introvert and looking at networking and being an extrovert looking at networking, it's the same type of thing but how you approach it might be different, wouldn't you say? Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, for me, I'm looking for, when I walk in the room, I'm looking for, okay, who's the other person that's standing by themselves? Because I know yes. that person would also like to be rescued. It's <laughs> it, it makes me nervous to walk up to a group of people that are talking because, you know, I know in my head that they're probably experiencing the same things that I'm experiencing. They probably, maybe they're stuck in this conversation with somebody. Maybe they don't want to have this conversation with, but, you know, I'm... I always am worried about intruding on people's time. And then the other thing that I'm always afraid that's going to happen to me is I'm going to get sucked into some network marketer person's uh, pitch for <laughs> their products. <laughs> because that happens. It does happen. It does happen. I love what your approach, though. I was reading something on an article online on uh, FastTrackPromotion.com. Mm. It was all about networking tips. And one of them specifically said, if you're an introvert and you walk into a room and it looks intimidating, find the person in the room that's that's waiting by themselves or a smaller group. And I think you're right. I think that that can be overwhelming to anybody, regardless of whether you're an extrovert or introvert. You see yeah. lots of people know each other. You don't know them. So how do you get out of that shell? Because the last thing you want to do is be the person in the corner by the cheese tray eating yes. cheese and finding the one person in the room you do know and having a conversation with them. The whole point of networking is to build on those professional relationships, grow the opportunities that can be uh, with you. So exactly. And the, you know, the other thing that I really love to do, um, like probably my favorite thing to do is that's, I guess that's the, this is the way that I'm actually able to network probably the best is when I find a group that I feel like, okay, this group kind of feels like home. I end up taking leadership positions in those groups because Number one, that, that gives me something to do when I show up. It's, oh, okay, well, I'm tidying this over here and I'm working on this. And it gives me a chance to really get to know those other people. For me, networking is most um, rewarding when I'm able to really, really develop good personal relationships with people. So I think that that's huge. That, that's a great point. I recently attended a networking event. I knew that there were going to be lots of people that I wanted to see and I was trying to figure out so like speed dating. Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I see lots of people really quickly? Cause I don't want to get too deep. You know, this is not about scuba diving. And I think yeah. that's where you get, you know, <laughs> that pitfall of scuba diving versus snorkeling. Uh, you, you know, networking is all about snorkeling, just keeping on the surface. Mm-hmm. And I volunteered to help people at the registration table. Oh, perfect. And it was like speed dating. I was going through and saying, hi, how are you? Great to see you. Yes. Let's follow up. Go, go, go. It was 45 minutes. I saw nearly everybody that came into the 200 person event because oh, they had to, they had to come by the table, right? Uh, but it was a wonderful way to get over any anxiety of, of what that experience may be like. So if yeah. you are to the point where you'd like, I'd love to do more networking. I'm a little intimidated by the crowd. A lot of times they need people to help at registration booths yes. or set up or take down. And now you already are establishing some sort of relationship and building on those relationships just by your involvement in that group. That is so perfect because that that is one of my biggest fears as I walk in and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? But knowing you're walking into doing something that takes so much of the fear and anxiety away. 
It gives you a chance to maybe develop relationships even deeper, I think, which is good. And I think also just making sure that you are managing your expectations of what you want to get out of that event. Oh, exactly. Because if you come into a group and there's 200 or 100, 200 people Mm -hmm. there, that can seem very intimidating. But just figure out what you want to do and what does that look like. So do I'm going to go into this room. I'm going to hand out 10 business cards to people Mm. who I had great relationships with, and I'm dropping the mic and I'm walking out. Now, oh, that's good. You might stay longer because <laughs> you might realize you're really having a good time, but you're setting up that expectation and you're giving yourself a goal, if you yeah. will. So I think that's that's important as well. That's a really good one, I think, because so much of the time you, you, we're all, I mean, I think all of us can say we're really busy. I, I bet you there's nobody listening who's saying, I wish I had one more thing I had to do after work. <laughs> um, and, and reasoning with yourself, okay, it's going to be 30 minutes. I'm going to do this, this, and this. This is what I want to accomplish. Um, actually, my mom always uh, gave me this, this gave me this tip of giving yourself points for things. So you give yourself a point for giving out a business nice. card. Maybe two points for you know having a really deep conversation with somebody. Um, three points for staying away from the food. You know, <laughs> like so you know, develop whatever your point system is. I just made those all up, kind of off the top of my head. But you know, I, I that has always, I use that in a lot of situations, whether it's a, you know, fundraising, but it, so much of it is interpersonal uh, relationships, figuring out how to get over those fears. And I'm a points driven person. So this works for me. <laughs> now, Marjorie, what is your opinion on, because I've seen this where people show up like Noah's Ark and two by two, they show up with another colleague or a friend. What is your opinion on bringing a friend to the networking event? So my biggest problem is when I do bring a friend, I tend to be the person that stays with my friend. So, um, like a life preserver. It is. It's like, okay, well, I know I've got this person the whole time. (laughs) And I find myself, even when I, when I go to events where I do know some people, I tend to be with those people. Mm -hmm. And so they, that's, and I know that's not a great situation. You want to continue to connect and deepen those relationships. But you know, if you're out networking, you want to meet some new people. So I, I tend to stay away from, try to stay away from my friends or at least explain to my friends up front, which is usually a colleague, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, okay. They understand. They're there for the same reason. Yeah. (laughs) So I I could see where being, bringing a friend can build some confidence. But like you say, it could really easily become your crutch. Absolutely. And next thing you know, you went to this networking event to build professional relationships and all you did was build on the relationship you already had. And you could have done that at the office. Yeah. We're over coffee or. Maybe more coffee, better wine. Right. So I'm, I'm <laughs> wine. So I'm great with bringing a friend and writing together, especially mm-hmm. if you're nervous about going to an event, because Ooh, I think I like that, that helps you to start already conversations, kind of takes away the little bit of perhaps the butterflies that are happening. Yeah. But then have an agreement. So we're going to go together. We're going to get there and then we're going to divide and conquer and yes. maybe play a fun game. You know, go back to what yeah. your mom was talking about with points. So maybe yeah. you say, okay, the first person who gets five new business cards of someone with real meaningful relationships, you know, you know, no cheating, uh, and comes back, then then that person has to treat for the glass of wine afterwards when you guys go out. That sounds like the start of like a really bad buddy comedy, like where the guy is going to show up to the bar and they're going to get numbers, but it would totally work. It totally works. So if you're out there and you're thinking, what do I do? And I don't, you know, I want to bring somebody with me because I need that safety net or that life preserver. That's a way that you can do it because the other person's obviously coming for the same reason. Yes. So I, I can see where when you bring a, perhaps a spouse that becomes a challenge because the spouse may not know anyone. So then that could be your, you know, that could only be where your challenge would be, but bringing a friend or a colleague to a networking event, 
I'm okay with it as long as you agree to divide and conquer. It's okay to come back in, you know, and, and meet together, you know, at the at the bar and and get your beverage and go to your next level. But absolutely, you can build confidence, but just as long as you don't use them as a crutch. Yeah, and that is that's a trick to to make sure you don't do that when you bring people bring people. A lot of times we'll go a couple of staff people to an event or something like that, and that really helps. So, you know, having that person with you, but. Yeah, knowing in advance we're going to break up and it's going to be okay. <laughs> so, so my daughter's in college and she recently said to me, mom, I had to go to this networking event and I realized I did not know what to say. Like I was comfortable going up to talk to someone, but what do I say to someone? And like, what does that, what does that look like? And so I talked to her about the value of the elevator speech and oh, I'm sure, yeah. sure you have one in your bag. And I absolutely do. So for those of you who are <laughs> unaware of this phrase, so this is the elevator speech comes from the concept where you get into the elevator on the first floor and someone you really want to build a relationship or get to know steps in with you. And they turn to you and they ask you the question of who are you or what do you do or why are you here? It's the response you would give that has to be short enough but and concise mm-hmm. and have enough information that by the time you get to their floor that they've you've engaged and built that relationship. So it takes practice. It really does. You've got to get it get it down because the assumption is is you're not going up to the 40th floor. No. no <laughs> typically not, especially in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Yeah. I don't think your odds are going to be that I way think at all. The highest one other than the arch is like 30 some floors. It might be more of the parking lot speech as yeah. opposed to the elevator speech where you're meeting them in the parking lot and walking yeah. in. Uh, I was uh, reading an article on uh, businessknowhow.com all about mm. networking and discussing today's topic and it was talking about the value of practicing on how many times, if you can get that down, it becomes so natural. The next time that you are really caught off guard by it, but you have it, it's available for you. Oh yeah. And that's, that's really key to be able to do that. I know there's a professional association that I'm in where the president of that group, every time we're together, he makes the board get up and and give our, our elevator speech for that particular organization, which is so important because Otherwise, it's it's very easy to kind of lose track of that, especially since it's kind of a side thing we do. It's not the only thing, so it really um, that really helps us build our confidence in being able to say, okay, this is this is what this organization does, and this is why it's important. So once that elevator speech is open, mm-hmm. now it's now that's that awkward. I'm looking at you, you're looking yeah. at me. What do we say? And I, I wonder your opinion on this because oftentimes I feel like it's easiest to talk about things that we know and no one knows you better than you. Mm-hmm. So I find personal stories come into play, even though it's a professional absolutely. setting, don't yeah, you? Absolutely. Actually, one of the things I like to do is, and it's, it, this works really well for women. With men, it sometimes it goes mm-hmm. bad. But I like to compliment something that they're, they're wearing, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a piece of jewelry or something like that. Um, because that's something I have just a general outside interest in. And I have huge jewelry collection from my, that was kind of given down to me from my great aunt. And so I can almost always say, Oh my gosh, I like your purse or your bag or your earrings. I have something just like that and talk about, you know, I get to talk about my aunt. I get to talk about my family. Um, and you know, kind of draw those connections. The good thing for me is so since my organization is very much, um, elder based, um, and that's who I'm helping. A lot of times by talking about my elders, it opens up people to talk about their elders without even thinking about it. Having that connection. It gives, it gives you that connection um, to the organization without people realizing that, you know, taking the time to think through all their family members and realizing, oh, my gosh, my aunt is, is, has back a later generation or something like that. And so. it's interesting about women, in particular, mm-hmm. whenever you do something like that, very rarely will you, will you hear a woman say, oh, thanks. Yeah. They will say, and thanks, and then the entire story behind. Exactly. They got it on sale at a rack at Nordstrom, they have 50% <laughs> off, and they were shopping with their mother, and they were in New York. And exactly. I, you'll hear the whole entire backstory of how they got that piece, because I think we just like to, to, to share. It's not just 
the idea of going shopping. Exactly. It's the idea of acquiring something unique and different with a story behind it. Exactly. So I think that's a lot of times those personal stories will bring that out. I agree. And if you don't know what to say, I have always found people want to talk about themselves. So mm-hmm. ask them questions. Yes. Not just, like <laughs> do you like the party? Do you like the cheese? Those are those yes mm-hmm. and no, they won't go anywhere. But uh, really going into some of those um, th- open-ended questions. And I think that's where I see, you know, when we talk about the pitfalls of networking, where we see networking gone terribly wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've seen that, is where people ask the, so how long have you been in business? Seven years. How long have you done? <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. So finding open-ended questions that you want to know in advance and practicing those that will lead you to a conversation which will help you to identify whether building on this business relationships could be helpful for you. Yeah. And honestly, if I get people that are answering my open-ended-ish questions with one or two sentences, I kind of know that it's time to go yeah. and time to find that new person. Because it, and I think that's one of the, the most important things in networking is being self-aware enough to know when a conversation is not their bag. Yes. You know, it's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for them. That's a great point because not every relationship that you make at a networking event is going to be beneficial for you. Exactly. But it could be beneficial for someone else, which is the Mm -hmm. value of having your network. Yeah. So you may not be looking for anyone in landscaping and that's who you happen to walk up to on that particular day. But you know that a good friend of yours just bought a house. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the inside's beautiful. Oh, the landscaping needs so much okay. work. Right. <laughs> and so there is nothing more beautiful about building referrals uh, or relationships and building referrals and oh, being exactly. able to say, I have some way I might be able to help you. Well, you never know when a connection you make is going to help you down the road either. I can tell you that. Uh, so it's been several months ago. Um, one of my staff members got up at a chamber thing and, you know, you know, you do your announcements and they announced our upcoming fundraising event and, Thankfully, my staff are all just very bubbly, excited people. They catch people's attention. All nonprofit and staff are exactly. phenomenal. Let's so yeah, mine that. are extra good. And I'm sure the rest <laughs> are all really good out there too. But um, a couple then two weeks, three weeks ago, I was at another another mixer sort of thing, and it was basically trying to pair people who are interested in being on boards with nonprofits that needed board members. And this woman walked up to me and she said, I've heard about your organization before. She said, you, you're the, what you do is amazing. And, you know, I'd really like to be a part of that. And so having that little prior knowledge just in the back of her head that, you know, this one, this one's okay and it's legit. Mm-hmm. It, actually, I have a new board member because that staff member got up that day and, you know, put themselves out there. So That's fantastic. And you just never know when things are going to come to fruition too, which was kind of the exciting part about networking to me. Well, and I I love the phrase that you just used about putting yourself out there because I think that's one of the other pitfalls I see in networking is that balance between putting ourselves out there professionally Mm -hmm. and trying to make the sale during a networking event. Oh, exactly. And that, that uncomfortable rub. And you'll know when you cross the line, when you feel uncomfortable and you notice that everyone else is feeling uncomfortable, it's it's the difference between it. And I think that that's where you really want to be able to be careful as well. If you're new to networking yes. or you're trying to get that developed, you don't want to be able to, you don't want to push you. This is not the place for that. No. This is about developing new relationships, testing it. Again, going back to what I referenced earlier about the difference between snorkeling and scuba diving. I love that analogy. This is all about <laughs> snorkeling, right? We are on the surface. Mm-hmm. We still need air. Mm-hmm. So let people come up for air. Uh, we're not going down really deep into what we do because this is not the time and place for that. And mm-hmm. you don't want that. To happen in this format, you want yeah. to be able to have that later. That's your follow-up to to your meeting. Yeah, and see, that is the thing I find when I take the time to really do a good follow-up, that's when networking actually becomes useful to me. Um, because otherwise, you know, 
I think it's very easy to collect business cards. I have a stack of business cards on my desk that's about as tall as a bottle of water <laughs> and that I've been meaning to do something with. Yeah. So I, and my, my, inten- my intention eventually is to get them in my database and start asking these people for money. But you know, yeah. well, maybe people don't who give are in me that a business stack. card. Are, yeah, <laughs> get off of that list if you don't want to give, right? So, um, but you know, you want to make sure that you're doing that follow up because that's, that's key. Um, I know with this board member I mentioned, if I hadn't have called her, like picked up the phone and called her, which is my other like giant fear in this world, um, picked up the phone, called her the next day, she'd be on somebody else's board right now. Somebody else that took the time to say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? But making sure that um, that always you do that follow up is so key. What are some of the better ways that you've done follow ups? So I am still the old traditional, love the vintage concept of the pen to paper Ooh. traditional thank you note. Like with real pen and real We're paper? real pen and real paper. This is the, <laughs> for those of you who are, are millennials, that means that this doesn't have a keyboard attached to it. Actually, I will say <laughs> my, my guest Liz, who was on our show about yes. millennials, sent me a handwritten thank you card. And that was the second handwritten thank you card I had gotten from her. Two points for Liz. So, I yeah. love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> We're keeping score out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's just something to be said. They're not expensive. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, you know, that it's really your time. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot to do. Really, for most note cards, you can't fit more than three sentences anyway. Yeah. So you're thanking them, you're telling them why you thank them, and you're giving them a future action. I always say that's oh, the yeah. that's the few, that's the best thank you note you can ever do. Because you don't want to just give them a thank you note with nothing in return. You want to say what's what's gonna happen next. We're gonna I'm gonna call you later, I'll let you know and then do it, whatever that action is. The follow know. up to the follow up. <laughs> right. oh, absolutely. And and just having that signature on it just says, Wow, someone took the time to write this, put a stamp on it, put it in the mail, as opposed to sitting down and if you think about the time it takes to type it versus handwrite it, really not a big difference yeah. in time. You're talking about the value of a stamp. Yeah. And honestly like now you can print stamps and do things like that. Um actually so in my family, the the downfall. So communication, apparently, even though we're communicative, communicative pers- people that make our money in the writing world, we're really bad at the follow up. Yeah. And I'm really bad about getting a stamp and putting it on a letter and <laughs> giving it to the mailman. Those are those are the steps. Now I will say some of the most valuable follow up that I've ever done is when I've taken a cue off of the conversation during the networking. Yes. So I will use. You talked about those things. Those business cards that are in your mm-hmm. office. I will take the business card when someone hands it and I will write a note either while that person's there or immediately afterwards on the mm-hmm. back of that card Ooh, perfect. as something that I thought was unique or different. So mm-hmm. you talked before about jewelry and your yeah. great aunt and how much that value, that value to you. If I go back to my office and the next week I see an article that comes across my newsfeed about a piece that was sold at auction from somebody's late aunt Susan and how it, you know, millions of dollars, I might print that. And yeah. write a little note just at the top saying, I know how much you love the vintage jewelry that your aunt gave you. I thought yeah. you'd get a kick out of this article. Absolutely. Great to meet you. <laughs> would you not take time to sit and read that? I would absolutely. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, thanks, Natalie, for sending this. I wouldn't have found it. And, she, and you remember it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I find it interesting how many times I've received a thank you phone call or a thank you email for thanking me for the thank you note that I sent them. Yes. <laughs> and it, it just creates a, a, a love fest, really. But really what it also says is I appreciate that you respect me. Yeah. Well, and actually there's probably in the nonprofit sector, I would say every development director loves that thank you for the thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when you know you did your job right. A- that, you know, absolutely. Thank you for the thank you is that's kind of the supreme. So and that's, then, yeah. That's a little more traditional, a little more direct. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn's great. Social media is phenomenal. LinkedIn is really, if you were wondering, do I have a, a website dedicated to my professional career? You do if you have a LinkedIn account. So mm-hmm. what does your LinkedIn account say about you? Sometimes if I'm right there with someone, I'll say, hey, Marjorie, are you on LinkedIn? Let's go ahead and connect right now with the Absolutely. power of technology. We'll yeah. do it. And it connects you right then. If not, I will send it within 48 hours, typically a LinkedIn, and I'll personalize that LinkedIn request saying it was great to meet you the other night at the Rotary event. Can't wait to see you again and follow up and talk to you more, whatever that might look like, because then now you're continuing to build that relationship. That's absolutely right. And the other thing that I do a lot is Facebook. If I feel like there's a vibe for the Facebook, because my, let's be honest, my Facebook is, is my personality Mm -hmm. and it's not my business, but also my personality is part of my business. And it's that constant balance of which people do you want on which one. Absolutely. They need to be on your LinkedIn page. I mean, I always, I'm always amazed when I click on somebody with LinkedIn and they've got maybe like 20 friends or followers or links. What do they call them on LinkedIn? Connections. (laughs) Connections. They have 20 connections. Um, and it's like, wow, you have to know more people than that. <laughs> and it's taking the time to invest in your own professional relationship. Yeah. And so exactly. I, not, not using LinkedIn as a crutch, but definitely mm-hmm. as something that can project you forward. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is I just, so I've been LinkedIn with a, a specific person for quite some time, but lost track of all of his other contact information. Um, went on his LinkedIn page the other day, you know, grabbed that email that he listed, emailed him at that email, just asked, asked him for coffee because I had some needs that I think he might be able to help me with. We're having coffee. I wouldn't be able to contact that person now without LinkedIn, which is fantastic. So, so the, a, cha- so a challenge for our <laughs> listeners today is if you are on LinkedIn, uh, great. Please send a connection to Marjorie Moore and myself, Natalie Jablonski. <laughs> uh, get out there. And if you're on Facebook, you can like us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Exactly. We're right there. So yeah. I am dying to know because I was reading this great article on connectivity. It's congressional staffers. Did you see that one? I did see that one. That was actually probably one of my favorite ones that we looked at. So one of the reasons that nonprofits love to network is because of advocacy as well. So making sure that their voice. Not lobbying. No, not lobbying. We're not going to lobby. Advocacy. Uh, making sure their voice is heard mm-hmm. and it's not just their voice, but it's the voice of the clients they represent, the mission that they represent. And the format that they had used was about their favorite way to be approached by people, their networking pet peeves, their most memorable approach. Uh, so I thought it might be fun as we uh, close out today to yeah. talk a little bit about maybe a story that we have in one of those areas of maybe your, your favorite way to be approached or something that really bothers Ooh. you about networking that drives you crazy. Well, the the one thing that I, I guess drives me the craziest about networking is having people trying to push their products on me, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's not a fit. And so it's something that I'm super conscious of not doing myself. So, you know, I know that my my product, my organization appeals to a very specific type of person and it's not for everybody. And the people that don't realize that about their business, I think are probably the people that drive me the craziest. I love to be approached by people that just want to kind of just have a chat first and get to know me first before they're trying to sell me something. Because honestly, I mean, most of us are there to network to hopefully eventually sell something and whether that selling is, you know, getting a new volunteer, getting a new donor, getting a new client um, or something like that. But those are my, those are my loves and hates. <laughs> I had a individual once who, as I met them in a networking event, took their business card from the moment we first started talking out of their business card holder and held it there for me to, as they continued to tell me how great and awesome their product was and continued to thrust that business card at me to the point where it was just a few inches from my nose, wanting me to take it. (laughs) 
That is not how you use a business card. No. Business card is for follow-up. It's for, yeah. if I ask you, I'd love to follow up, or mm-hmm. would we like to follow up? It's the closer. It's yeah. not the opener. Exactly. So that's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. But I love it when people ask me for help. So if they come that's in perfect. a room and they'll say, hey, I'm looking for someone in the banking industry because I have a I have a problem and I need some help. Who do, who do you know that you can introduce me to? I, da, 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 I feel like the hero <laughs> of the day, right? And it gives me a purpose and yeah. something to do during that networking event and meeting with other people. So I love when people Absolutely. approach me and ask for help. That That is really nice, too, because, yeah, that giving yourself something to do again, so important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. What about the most memorable approach that you've ever had? Someone or some situation where... Uh, at a networking event that approached you in a way that's really stood out in your mind? I think the most memorable for me was when somebody came up to me and told me a story about how their grandmother used my service. Mm. And so they, you know, again, they weren't looking, they weren't looking to be sold. They already sold on what I did, but they wanted to actually thank me for the work that our organization did. So naturally that person and I got to know each other much better because there was already that connection point. Um, being able to relate to what somebody does and really tie that into your life, I think is probably one of the most impactful ways to network. Granted, she had a really organic story, so that really worked out. <laughs> That's fantastic. I had a now very good friend who came up to me after I had done a presentation at a Chamber of Commerce event, and she introduced herself by name, and her next statement said, and I feel like we need to be best friends. Oh, I thought, so one of two things. I First, I thought, okay, stalker. <laughs> and then second was, but that was pretty bold and I liked it. Exactly. And I wonder what made her think that. <laughs> we are still friends to this day. We are nice. very good friends. She is phenomenal at what she does. I learn a lot from her. But I thought, what a bold approach just to be able to go up and say, hi, my name is Nala Jablonski and we need to be best friends. <laughs> uh, it, it, so use it very carefully, uh, folks, if you use a strategy like that because you don't want to end up Make having, it genuine. <laughs> And it was, yeah. <laughs> and she loved what I had to say and wanted to learn and grow from my presentation. Uh, and uh, she's a phenomenal business leader, but absolutely. I really, I, I love that. Like the, the, being genuine and networking, I think is maybe, maybe the n- number one best tip we could give people is, you know, be, don't be plastic. Don't be fake. It's it, just, and, and realize like that. that not everybody's <laughs> going to be a good contact for you and that's yeah. okay. Absolutely. So when you're out there and you're networking, even though you could be intimidated by what's going on, make sure you realize that, hey, I'm putting myself out there. You know, I'm asking people, you know, what can I do for you? How can I help you? You're asking the right questions. You're using your business cards as a tool as opposed to using them as aggressive weapon, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and and uh, most importantly, of course, making sure you're not you're not using networking events to discuss business. You're using mm-hmm. it to build relationships. This exactly. is all about building relationships. This is your original, it's your first date, right? Just like going on a blind date. <laughs> it's your first date. You don't, you want to hold some things back as yeah. you're going through and uh, think about all the great, the greatness that networking is going to be able to do to uh, be able to build your clients, build your advocacy plan, build your donors, your staff, your volunteers. <laughs> you can find your next best fundraising professional even out there by doing networking. Ooh, that would be good. Mm, fundraising. This has been an awesome conversation about networking. Um, I think next week we are going to be talking about um, another fear, um, not of mine. This is actually one thing I'm not scared of, but um, was at one point. We're going to be talking about public speaking for nonprofits. Um, Tracy Bianco, who is actually part, I I met through a networking group. Uh, Imagine of, that. Yeah, part of a group that Natalie and I are both a part of called uh, Business Women Connecting. Um, Tracy is going to come to give us some tips about how to be poised, how to put together the right uh, presentation for the right people. Um, she has a lot to say, and I think 
it's going to be interesting. I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be wonderful. Well, Natalie, thank you for not only coming back for, but for joining me on the, uh, I guess we can call this a journey on our crossroads of nonprofits. Fantastic, Marjorie. <laughs> so. Thanks so much. This is a great opportunity for the nonprofits in the greater St. Louis community. And uh, 501 Crossroads is produced by me, Marjorie Moore, and Natalie Jablonski. And our audio engineer is uh, Mike Curtis. We are uh, recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye, which is on the grounds of Our Lady of the Snows. And we really thank you for listening this week. Don't, don't forget, 501 Crossroads, we are all working towards the same outcomes.